Greetings, everybody. It is your well woman, practitioner Lashanna Moore of Holistically Well, and this is our podcast, Holistically Speaking, where we inspire, educate you to be well and to be whole. We're talking about a big, big topic. There's a lot to grapple with in this conversation. So this is only part one of what's going to be an extended conversation surrounding hormone therapies. What to do with them? What is it? When do you know you need it? Is it safe to use it? What are practitioners saying about it? What has been your experience, your peers' experience, so on and so forth. So so if you are curious about the conversation surrounding hormone therapies, HRTs, hormone replacement therapies, we're going to get into it starting with this first episode. You know what to do. Grab your wellness tea, a comfy seat, share this, subscribe, and get ready for a great conversation. So I am proud to announce Wholesome Story as an affiliate and be an ambassador for them. I enjoy Wholesome Story personally because they provide women with premium supplements. If you know anything about supplements, you know that if we use them responsibly and accurately, they really can be a benefit to our wellness journey. I also love their testing process and they're in alignment with my mission to teach you to be well and be whole. I personally enjoy their DIM, their Spearmint, and their Inositol. Their products support ovarian health, metabolic health, hormone health, and so much more. So listen, check it out for yourself. Go on to their website, wholesomestory.com. Use my discount code for your 10% off of your products, which is Holistically Well Center. And be well, be whole. So your girl's voice is back. Can you tell? Yes. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. The voice is back. The voice is back. I'm so excited. Listen, that that little acute bronchitis took me for a nice little go around. It took me a minute for my voice to fully come back, I, even as I was feeling better. Um, but again, in that experience, it was just testament of how we have to stay consistent, honor our bodies, let the process be the process, get plenty of sleep, stay hydrated, have plenty of fluids, manage your care, manage your stress, manage your mental health, manage your coming and going as much as you can, and the body will do what it needs to do. And if you need to take something in the process of that resting and rejuvenating protocol, then you do that. So I'm just excited to have my voice back. Although my husband was enjoying the raspiness, he was like, the voice sounds sexy. So, you know, we'll have to kind of find a way to maybe integrate that a little bit here and there, whatever. But at any rate, I'm, um, <laughs> I'm so glad to be verbally, vocally back up and running. And I'm excited to get into this conversation with you all today. Before we do that, we're going to have our moment of breathing. I've been calling this our 
with treating moment, we treating, which is synonymous for retreating our way, you know, about wellness now, wellness, right? The, the term that I penned of doing wellness our way, taking back our pride, our joy, our cultures. And I say cultures because uh, there are various cultures that listen to this podcast, taking back what belongs to you, what your mother, your grandmothers, your aunts, your ancestors, the elders in your family taught you about being well, because the truth is we weren't just handed down um, degrading, degenerative, false, misleading things. There were a lot of things that the women in our family taught us and showed us that were natural, that was functional health, homeopathic, even before it had a name. And they did great with what they had. And so I don't want us to abandon those things. It wasn't just about What's wrong? You know, now we have these buzzwords and, and we're just organic driven and all of these things. And and we it, it taught us Eurocentrically to start abandoning the things that we grew up with that gave us pride and love and cared for us and nurtured us and nourished us. So we're just wrapping wisdom, even more wisdom around that with information and knowledge. We don't want to abandon. We want to advance and enhance. Okay, so that's what wellness is all about. Wellness is all about wellness, and we are wood treating. We're we treating. So we're going to have our moment to we treat where you're going to stop and take a deep breath. I always encourage you to actively participate in this because I don't know if you're taking those moments throughout the day and you may not even be aware whether or not you have taken the time to stop, to breathe, to, to not think and to just relax. So I'm going to put the music on. It's just a few seconds worth. I want you to take your deep inhales through your nose and exhale out of your mouth. Relax your jaws, your cheeks, your forehead, your neck and your shoulders and your chest. All right, let's do it. Yes, yes. That's our moment to retreat, our moment to have an us moment, to be as selfish as you need to be just to breathe, just to relax, just to retreat internally. And it's not even selfish. It's really necessary. I know that you've heard the um, the slogan about uh, self-care is not a luxury. It is a necessity. And so that is so very true. And we find it, we find it, we find it in many, many different ways. I want you to look for all of the ways in your regular day life, in your daily routine, in your coming and your going, in your sitting and your being, in your movement, in your conversation. I want you to find more ways that you can have moments of self that that exemplify or reflect self-worth, self-care, self-love. I want us to really start expanding these terms that we have adopted 
so favorably and so affectionately. I want us to really expand those terms. I mean, let those terms evolve for you. Let them deepen the dimension and the understanding of them. Because what I'm often concerned about is that we bumper sticker things. I said this in a talk a few months ago that we bumper sticker life. Everything is in a slogan. Everything is in a meme. Everything is in a quote. Everything is bumper stickered. We bumper sticker our wellness. We bumper sticker our fitness. What do I mean by bumper sticker? We just, we put a really nice, uh, sounding term together, a quote or something, uh, or a statement that sounds very poetic and it on the surface, it may be true, but there's a lot of behind the scenes under the surface work that goes into it. But rarely is that time taken to really dig into that. We just look at the surface of the word and it, but it doesn't stick. And the next time we're faced with a crisis or we're faced with a decision or we're faced with a demand or a need, um, we don't really gravitate toward that bumper sticker. I want us to find something that goes beneath the surface. And when you read these things, let them be what they are. Good, cute, cool and cute. Uh, but you got to dig deeper because as you matriculate, as you age well, as you set goals and sights and pursuits for life, I want you to remember that there is always a need to make space for change, for growth, to tweak, to switch things around. I want you to always remember that you're going to have to take on some considerations that may not have been in that post that you read, regardless of who the specialist or the expert was, that there are going to be times that you will need to seek deeper Deeper care, deeper treatments, different, deeper therapies, deeper within, deeper in your thoughts, deeper in your faith, in your stance, in your uh, conviction. Life is going to require that. So some things we take with a grain of sand, some things we look at in bumper sticker form, we like it and it's cool, but we always remember that there's more to what is said. Anything can be typed and it's cute and it's poetic and it's great. I know. I know. And oh, and especially if it's so aesthetic. I love a good aesthetic. But life is not always aesthetic. And this body is not always aesthetic. So at any rate, remember those things. That is what this living well and whole is all about. Before we get into the conversation, I want to ask you all if you heard if you've heard um about uh, this thing called mouth taping. Um, author Robert Littman alluded to this in the Oprah Daily a few uh, days ago. And I, at first, just at the reading of the term, yeah, that's what I did. I was like, what? What in the world is this? So I looked into it, um, but they said it's not as weird as it sounds. It's actually about sleep. And what caught my attention about it was because sleep is a big part of hormonal health, metabolic health, mitochondria health, going through the pauses, the phases 
and the ways, the ebbs and flows of living well, sleep is a huge part of that. So I was like, let me read a little bit about what this is. And so this is what he says. He said, if you wake up from a night's sleep with a dry mouth, you've most likely been mouth breathing, which is true. Tapping your mouth to prevent mouth breathing probably sounds torturous and a bit odd, but it really helps when you break the habit and transition to nose breathing, which is true. Unless, of course, you're, you're sick and you know you breathe through, you breathe through your mouth. When you first try it at night, he says, if it's too uncomfortable, you take the tape off, retape the next night until you get used to it. Listen, here's my disclaimer. I don't, I'm just sharing this. I'm not promoting it. I'm not advocating for it. I'm not suggesting you do it. We're just having a girl talk. Okay. I'm just sharing the information. Some of you may have seen this before. If you want to email or write in about it, I'd love to hear your thoughts. I'd love to hear your opinions. And if you've experienced it, I would love to hear your experience. And he goes on to talk about how to do it, how to remove the strip from the tape, the size that you need, uh, how to bend it and how to, you know, of course the hygiene part of it, washing your hands before and after how to position the tape, uh, but the goal is to help you to breathe properly through the night, through your nose and not your mouth. Y'all, I don't... here's the thing about this industry, special kudos and mad respect for every specialist that does what they do. But what I know to be true in the 13, in, in the little 13 and a half years that I've been doing this is that we're always coming up with things. So, you know, like um, one of the church mothers in my home church used to say, baby, handle it with a, with a long, feed them with a long handle spoon. She said, honey, sometimes you have to feed people with a long handle spoon. Sometimes you have to handle things with a long handle spoon. And then some things are just, you know, I don't rule a lot of stuff out. Some things, well, let me rephrase it. I, I don't rule everything out. Some things I do, but it's just like when I tried CrossFit for the first time years ago, that was odd because some things that I was doing, like total bars, just didn't seem like it made anatomical sense. But when you train and condition your body, it makes sense. You get the benefits of it. It's fun doing it and all of that. This, I don't know. I, I don't know anything about mouth, mouth taping. Um, feels a little dangerous to me. What if you have sleep apnea? I don't know. Anyway, I'd love to hear your... Um, feedback. I'd love to hear what you think about it, what you have to say about it. At any rate, shall we progress to the conversation at hand? Yes. All right. All right. So I've got all of my notes gathered. I've got my information here that I am prepared to share with you. Um, as I mentioned in the introduction, this is only part one because I do not claim to know it all or have it all. Guess what? I'm journeying to. Um, but uh, what I do know, what I have researched, what I have learned, what I am confidently familiar with, I am sharing with you. And then we're going to have a part two where I will have a hormone specialist join me. Now, this one, all of both of these are audible the audio as well as visual. I'm starting to include video versions of the podcast episodes too, of which I do encourage you to check out because I always include uh, a variety of information and you may get some stuff from the audio podcast. You may get some things from the, the well life TV podcast episode, uh, 
uh, broadcast. And I love it because you get something unique from both. And just based on what kind of learner you are or what engages you, what kind of platform engages you, it gives you a choice. So I will have a hormone specialist to join me moving forward for the part two of this episode. I'm just going to kind of lay the framework here, uh, the definitions, the understanding, the challenges and some of the benefits, as well as some of the uh, feedback uh, that women and doctors have provided, all that kind of good stuff. With that being said, as always, the disclaimer here is that this information is not intended to diagnose, treat, or cure you. This is for entertainment and educational purposes only. Uh, chew the meat, spit out what you consider as fat and bone, if that's not something that you swallow. And as I always encourage you to remember is that everything is personalized. So even when truth is being spoken, it's not going to be another person's truth if they've got extended situations, um, you know, uh, been predisposed or genetic in uh, situations, all kinds of things. That's how life works. Okay. Anytime you take on anything, always approach it from a personal, from an individualized perspective and see how it works for you. I'm sorry if I'm too close to my mic and I'm doing a lot. Sorry. Um, my room actually um, echoes. So that's one reason why I like to have the, the mic position close to me. But at any rate, anytime you are approaching something, always have a personal and an indiv- individualized uh, perspective and intent. All righty. Uh, this will save you a lot of heart- heartache, a lot of heartbreak. I also want to combine this education with the education of Black Bodice, the film. If you are listening to this episode and you have not watched this film yet, I want you to pause this episode, put a reminder in your phone or write it or save the link. You have got to see Black Bodice. It's Black Bodice film, period, VHX, period tv and if you can't remember that all you have to do is google black bodice film and it'll send you to the film bodice is two d's and two s's black bodice b-o-d-d-e-s-s one of the things that i'm intentional about doing with the film is making sure that this film has circulated itself well enough that we have given enough information, education, feedback, platforms, opportunities, and viewing opportunities of this installment before we move to the next one. Um, All of them will have an underlining theme of the voice of black women and some of our brown women too, based on the topic at hand. But this first installment deals with the health disparity and there is good stuff in there. So let me get in mama mode one uh, real quick. Let me not catch you the next time I talk about black bonders. Let me not catch you listening foreign to what I have to say. I'm going to need you to check this film out. It's 52 minutes and you pay whatever you want. It's live stream. You pay whatever you want. And I want your feedback because it will also provide a survey opportunity. All right. With that being said, I am linking this conversation with Black Bodice because of the mission and the purpose of Black Bodice. Um, 
As we talk about health, we include all women with an emphasis on black and brown women because it matters, because there is a lot of differentiation. We have alliances of um, colleagues and practitioners uh, of other cultures as well that I am certainly appreciating as this podcast develops and extends in the hands of more people and to the ears of more people, uh, more are joining us. So we've got white uh, alliances and I am uh, thankful for that. So um, this education is something that everyone needs to hear. We cannot just circulate it within our small circles, our black circles, our cliquish circles, everybody has to know because it's going to take everybody to make changes, local, individual, legislative. It's going to require all of us and those who have the voice uh, that uh, these prominent people will hear. If they don't hear us, then we need to have alliances and other forms that can go to bat for us. And we use what we can use right now until until we see the day that equality is doing what equality needs to do. That is my uh, prayer and my belief. And that's really kind of my ideology on how I approach all of these things. If there is something that's spoken to that is black centric, it does not mean that my white brothers and sisters cannot listen. As a matter of fact, I need you to. I need you to understand and to agree with the realities of what we're dealing with. Case in point, this conversation today about hormone replacement therapy, HRT, and we need you to go to bat for us. We need you. If you believe in our plight and our and our challenges and you know that it's not just a dream, it's not just drama, it's not just whipped up for attention. But you know that this is a systemic issue and most of what we go through is a systemic issue, especially in the healthcare field. We need you. So let me jump into this. HRT, hormone replacement therapy, is basically a treatment to relieve symptoms of menopause. And it also replaces hormones that are at a lower level as you approach menopause. Menopause is that time where you've gone at least 12 consecutive months without a period. You have gone or maybe not gone through perimenopause based on your pre-existing issue, your special story, your significant story. Uh, case in point, some of my cancer warriors out there, women who have had hysterectomies, whatever your uh, survivor story is, your situation may have uh, pushed you right into menopause and you're dealing with some challenges or you're dealing with the symptoms that come with this rite of passage. And so there are a lot of different ways that we can approach it. HRT is just one of them. And so we're talking about it today, just the fundamentals of it. Uh, the main benefit of the therapies, and I want to thank my resources for this. The main benefit of the therapies is that it relieves a lot of the menopausal symptoms, uh, hot flashes, cold sweats, Night sweats, mood swings, vaginal dry, dryness, reduced sex drive, low libido. Uh, we want to make sure that we're not just suffering through those things. Here's the black bodice detour in that. We understand that a lot of what we go through is due to the lack of attention that black women are given. I'm, I want, that's why I said the black bodice detour, because I want to speak to my black women real quick. Um, a lot of what we deal with, especially when you're going through something significant, something different, um, is is the lack of care or lack of being heard. And it is systemic. 
that the belief is that you can handle these things. It is systemic that you're not to be taken seriously. So knowing that it is systemic, it's incumbent on us that we ensure we are heard. And listen, if you're timid, if you're if you're not very vocal, practice it. Have someone with you when you go. We, you know, we always talk about advocacy. That's the black body's take home. Takeaway is the advocacy. Uh, but you have you have to learn how to script things for yourself. You've heard me talk about learning how to articulate yourself to your doctors. Get your first, second, third opinion. And if the team that you don't that you have don't doesn't feel right, you don't feel heard, you don't feel seen, you don't feel helped, then listen. Change people around, switch people out. Uh, this is your right. Remember, you have patient rights when you go through anything medical. So moving on uh, from going back to, should I say, the benefits of uh, HRT. HRT is highly controversial. It's a big bag and it's a lot to unpack. And I do not think that the conversation is ever going to be just exact. And it's not a succinct, short, abbreviated type of conversation. It's a conversation that is ongoing. It's a conversation where if you're engaging in other with other people about it, everybody's going to have an experience, a story, an idea, a hesitation, a black bodice moment. Again, there's a reason why black women are hesitant to try a lot of modalities, a lot of treatments because of the systemic issue that we have faced. So I don't want you to feel like you're being overly cautious. I don't want you to, especially if someone has kind of mimicked the way that you approach things or if a doctor has even, you know, in, in their jovialness or in their lack of consideration or sensitivity may have, you know, said something to you about your hesitation. I want you to take a deep breath, release that and know that you're not cuckoo. You're not crazy. You're not overly protective. Just like just like we should be with our children. There's no such thing these days. Um, you have to consider and you've got to consider again because these what we were facing in the 1800s and the 1600s, we are still facing today in the 2000s. Uh, one thing about the pauses and aging well is that we're going to also have to take into consideration our bone health. Remember, estrogen and progesterone are declining at this point. And so we have to do there are things that we we have to do to make sure that we are journeying this rite of passage properly. Uh, I want to just bring to our remembrance the functions and the responsibilities of estrogen and progesterone so that as you listen to each episode, you have an understanding and just a reminder, a refresher of, of what these hormones do. They are they're a big part of our growth and our development from puberty, menstruation, pregnancy, menopause, our sex drive for men, sperm production for women, ovaries. Um, it's a huge part of the way that we function of our bodies, our, our hormonal health, our reproductive health, our sexual health, our estrogen and our, our progesterone. And as we go through these pauses, they start to decline because your body is preparing to live the rest of its earthly time free from trying to worry about periods and making babies or even having what it needs to make babies, such as eggs, you know, your ovarian reserve and things like that. So um, 
Estrogen and progesterone are a big part of the hormonal change. I say hormonal balance. I was reading um, a paper this week from a doctor who loathes the word hormone balance. Well, teach his own. You say hormone balance, just know what that means. You want to say hormone, hormone harmony, whatever it is that works. But I was, you know, sometimes we do a lot. You, I hope that you know what the word hormone, ba- the term hormone balance means. We are pursuing, we are, we are in the effort of making sure that these hormones are running harmonically, in harmony, in as much balance as possible because we know how much they affect us, right? All right, so let's go on. Um, It has been said that there are some risks of hormonal replacement therapies. This is a debatable uh, situation as well in terms of hormone replacement therapy, HRT, I'll say moving forward, increasing the risk of breast cancer. That is not conclusive, but it is something that you want to have a conversation with your doctor about. Number one, if you've had a history of cancer, if, if the risk of cancer is in your family and what type of cancers those are, if you've had certain tests and you, you are understanding where your hormones are, uh, that's a conversation that you want to have with your doctor. Allow me to also insert in that this is what I've been telling my women as of late as well that are going through the pause passage is that you want to make sure that your team is educated, familiar and knowledgeable of menopause because see this rite of passage is not a required curriculum of learning for our physicians. So some of them may have a generalized scope or generalized idea of what it is, but they're not required to be specialized or to be um, well-versed in menopause health. So uh, there are networks, there are uh, links. I'll include one in the show notes where you can go and you can find uh, doctors and physicians who have um, who have a familiarity and who work specifically with menopause and understand menopause health. Have that conversation with your doctor, and you can be kind about. You like, oh, do you know what you're talking about? Do you know how to handle hormones? You know, you can you can be nice and polite about it when you're having these conversations, uh, and because you you may have some doctors that will recommend it. <clears throat> Excuse me. And based on their knowledge, you want to make sure that they know what they're talking about when they recommend it or if they're recommending it because that's what they know to do or if they're recommending it because you have been their patient. They're familiar with you, your body, your chart, your labs, your health, your history. And they feel that this is something that you should consider. If that is the case, then they should go into further explanation and information with you about it. And the person that they refer you to, I say, go all the way back to square one and have an initial conversation with that referral as well. Like start from the beginning and do not assume that any information has been shared, even though your charts are transferred, your medical records are transferred, have a fundamental conversation with them about it. Another um, 
approach to HRT is that many times your specialist will start you on a low dose just to see how your body responds to it before increasing it later. They want to see what kind of side effects or how the effects of the treatment are um, doing or going for you. So it's usually recommended that HRT is used for at least three months so that they have something to trend and chart. However, based on your side effects or what you're feeling, because remember, you do come first. Patient rights, advocacy, self-advocacy. If something don't feel right, ain't right, say something, speak up, tell it. Like Martin says, speak up, tell it, say it, what's on your mind. Say something. Don't just take pain. Case in point, another detour. You know, I like to take them. Uh, I had to get an iron infusion. This was my first. I have four sessions I had to do. I wanted to know what kind of iron. I wanted to know how many milligrams. I wanted to know the solutions that were going to be in the slow drip or part of the slow drip along with the iron because sometimes the iron infusions can be a little aggressive and they can cause side effects. Um, and I wanted to know all these things, ask these questions because I wanted to be educated. I wanted to be aware and I wanted to be watchful. And I had bruising that came and went. Then I had, you know, pain that that lingered a little longer than I felt it should. And I called my doctor's nurse and then went to see my doctor because, listen, better safe than not. And if they have a concern based on the criteria and the questionnaire that they, the questions that they take you through. Baby, if you got a concern, you better believe I got a concern on top of my concern. Um, just an example. I want to tell you, I wanted to share that with you just as an example to let you know, you don't have to just say, Oh, that's odd. And you keep moving. We got to stop. We got to stop doing that. Okay. Deep breath. Moving on. Um, women can have HRT if they, uh, most women will have HRT if they're having symptoms that are associated with menopause. However, um, as I've already mentioned, some of the pre-existing or special cases, you may not, everyone is not, woman is not necessarily a candidate of HRT if she's experiencing certain things, if she has pre-existing dis-ease, um, if you're warrioring through different types of ailments like cancers, breast, ovarian, womb cancer, if you have a history of blood clotting or you tend, you're prone to blood clotting, if you have untreated high blood pressure, fatty liver, liver disease, definitely if you're pregnant, um, HRT may not be recommended, may not be suitable for you. So again, don't underestimate anything that you're dealing with, anything that you've come through. It's heroic to have come through cancer. Moving forward, you really do have to consider what do I take? What do I use? What do I eat? How do I approach my well-being? As we all really should do, not to be paranoid, not to live in fear even, but to live empowered. Whew. Listen, let everything that we go through prove to work for our healing and our benefit and our faith. Do you understand? Yes. Let it prove to work for you. And so if I think about it from that perspective, that I move forward empowered and confident from that perspective, not a victim from what I have gone through or am going through, which is why I call you warriors <laughs> because you are. So there are different types of HRTs, okay? They come in various forms. So you, your doctor 
or your specialist may give you estrogen, which is also known as oestrogen, progestin, uh, vaginal creams, skin patches, gels, uh, rings. There are different treatment plans that they may talk to you about. They may give you something that they want you to stay on that's fixed for three months. Uh, they may have something that they want to cycle you on and off. If you have your uh, uterus, there may be a recommendation. If you do not have your uterus, which your doctor should know, then that's going to be a specific time, a type of recommendation. And basically, there's no limit in how long you take HRT. Uh, you can stop at any point, at any time. Your physician, your specialist will talk about how they recommend or how they want you to either wean off of it or stop it immediately. Or side note, if you're feeling certain, a certain kind of way and you don't like what this HRT is doing for you and to you, notify them and, and you can stop it because guess what? You got the freedom and the liberty in this life and in this rite of passage to try different things if it clears for you to go various routes. We definitely do natural things. We do the functional medicine things. We do the naturopathic things. We do the lifestyle things. That for sure ain't going nowhere. And if you end up having to try HRT, there is nothing wrong with that either. Complementary therapies are here to assist. Uh, some of the side effects with the medicine of HRT, because you can consider it as a type of medicine, would be tender breasts that can be progesterone induced, headaches, feeling sick, nauseous, indigestion, tummy uh, complaints about your tummy, um, abdominal pain, vaginal bleeding. You want to have the conversation with your doctor. Okay. Um, Again, don't say I'm going to just keep saying I want to drive it home because repetition is the mother of skill and applied knowledge is power. Not just knowledge, but once we apply it, it becomes power. Let your doctor know if something is not right. I want to segue into this second part. You know, I'm being mindful of my time. I want to alert you as I segue into this second point about a society that I do recommend you get familiar with, that you uh, visit their site and their resources. They are tried and true. They're all about they're all about promoting women's health at midlife and beyond. They're called the North. They're known as NAMS. The North American Menopause Society. I love, love, love them. Uh, they have uh, resources for professionals as well as the Everyday Woman Warrior, which all of you are. And so there is a section that you can look at that, <clears throat> excuse me, if you need local support, you can find there and you can um, you can consider NOMS as a trusted resource. Um, I also think as I was, I was talking to you earlier too, about, uh, finding someone and putting a link in the show notes, I believe noms on their website. They also have a link. If you want to find a menopause specialist in your area. And I really, really love that black bodies is, is, um, creating a, a, a network for women of all States to be able to contact us. If you want to find physicians that we recommend and, and that have proven, uh, trustworthy and accountable to the health and the help um, and the legacy of black women. Um, and they don't always have to be just black because that's not the case. Right. I think we know that uh, it's not just about the young ones either. Some of our old schools are the ones that's just going to do it for you. <laughs> and it's not just about a physician being black. But at any rate, NOMS has a, a, a resource on their website. If I'm not 
mistaken where you can find a specialist. As I said, a menopause specialist, as I segue into the latter part of this talk, which is going to focus more on the black woman or cultures, different cultures, um, as it relates to menopause. And I want to thank, uh, the Chicago, um, uh, University of Chicago, their medicine department, and some of the healthcare uh, practitioners, I don't like using all a lot, some of the healthcare practitioners that I got an opportunity to speak with that provided some of this information that I'm going to share with you. It was a little bit in my introduction as well, but I want to just qualify it by you hearing others. Um, in a current study, researchers examined data compiled from surveys of women focused on menopause symptoms and the treatment, which included the hormone therapy, complementary alternative medicine treatments, and no treatment at all. And so what the study demonstrated is that overall, white women reported the highest rates of hormone therapy used compared to women of other ethnicities and said they experienced better quality of life when compared to white women who didn't use any treatments at all. Now, in contrast, black and Hispanic women reported the lowest rates of hormone therapy use. Black and Chinese women who used hormone therapy actually reported reduced quality of life compared to those who used no treatments. Uh, one of the MDs further goes on to say that the re results really highlighted the difference in preferences between women of different races. So as I mentioned at the beginning of this conversation, or at, of, 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 the, of this talk with you that everybody's going to vary and that sometimes the hesitations are qualified, that, that we can affirm your feelings because of history, because of community, because of experiences, because of, you know, we, fatalities and, and other aspects of our health. All of those different things. So the results really highlighted the differences in the preferences between women of different races. I thought that was uh, very interesting and it was just confirming. Uh, they go on to say that they're not exactly clear on why there are so many differences. But if, in the conversations that we have had in Holistically Speaking podcast, the kind of audience that I know I have, you all are very intentional. You're educated. You're cerebral. Education has nothing to do with college. So understand what I mean when I say that you love to read, you are willing to, to do the work and to research and you love to have conversation about these things. I know that holistically speaking audience knows that we can probably give you some reasons as to why the preferences are different. Uh, but researchers believe that it may have something to do with physicians. This is true too. Prescribing patterns for hormone therapy as well as cultural differences in treatment preferences. Some studies have shown black women are given hormone therapy prescriptions for managing their menopause symptoms at a lower frequency than white women. Some of that may also be due to, we already know it, medical comorbidities, putting those patients at higher risk for complications or side effects with hormone therapy. This is why I said this conversation is a big bag. It is not... Uh, a linear conversation. It is not an absolute. It is not a conclusive that one thing is going to help all things. If you choose to go this route, have your facts, have your information, have your questions, honey, write those questions down. Black women tend to experience more frequent and severe menopause symptoms for a longer dur duration than white women. This is the report shares that. 
So the instinct as a physician, she says, would be to encourage black patient reporting hot flashes and discomfort to consider hormone therapy and don't just disregard them and, you know, and, and neglect it and, and, and take it for granted that what your black female patient is expressing is her is just, you know, her imagination or her dramatization or just because you don't care to do the work to know how to treat your patients of different ethnicities. That's real. I'm going to end this conversation here and encourage you to provide your feedback as well as your reviews. And you all must be doing something because holistically speaking is showing up uh, closer in the search. Women are are finding us and they're able to grab hold of this uh, information. And I am so thankful. Yes, I'm so thankful. I am so blessed because we're sharing information that's going to help with the longevity of our lives. And so keep doing what you're doing. Keep sharing, subscribe, give us a review. We see that most of our listeners are Apple podcast listeners. See, I knew my people were smart. Y'all got them iPhones. And if not, if you're an Android smartphone user, I love you too. I love you back. As always, you all be well and behold. You can catch this episode on the Well Life TV as well, our YouTube channel. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.